Kata, kata, kata. Nå, Let them know we're human. Hello everyone and welcome to the Audiobook Club podcast. Today we're we're not doing a book. Today we are just reflecting on 2022. As, as I said before in the last episode, we are a new podcast so there's not much to reflect on but we're we're going to give it a go anyway because we want to do this every year and have like have a top 10 list maybe. Uh, we haven't done 10 last year so it's going to be our top 7 because that's everything that we did. Okay, so this is our brand new segment that we're going to do sometimes, I guess, when there is news, which doesn't happen very often for books because they've been around a long time. But when there is news, we will talk about it. And there are a few bits of news to talk about today. Um, The first bit of news here is that Sherlock Holmes, or a story from Arthur uh, Conan Doyle, the last story of Sherlock Holmes has entered the public domain. The Casebook of Sherlock Holmes. It's a short story collection, I, I think. Um, the reason this is a big deal is because there has been copyright arguments about Sherlock Holmes for a while because not every story has been in the public domain. People have argued, and there's been legal disputes and everything, whether the character actually remains under copyright because there are still stories that aren't in the public domain. So yeah, that, that character is completely free to use now. We can all We can all write our own. Sherlock Holmes fiction and yeah, publish me fan fictions. Oh, great. Yeah, and there's and, and no lawyer can touch you. So, uh, what do you guys think of this? Like, do you guys are you guys a big fan of Sherlock Holmes, or what's your experience with Sherlock Holmes? I do, I do like Sherlock. Yeah, but um, I I thought it already was in the public domain, so that's news to me. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's been it's been disputed that whether it has or not based on this last collection that has only gone. I think we we've all watched the BBC series, haven't we? We're all fans of that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys have you guys read any of the stories or anything? No. So that, that's that's one of the things I wanted to maybe suggest at some point. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fry does that massive collection. That's every Sherlock Holmes story, doesn't he? Oh, does he? Yeah. It's it's like that's seventy hours. Seventy hours. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and there's the Hugh Jackman films as well, which I think are are pretty good to be honest. That they're I think. They're not as highly thought of as the BBC show because I think everybody lo- loves Cumberbatch so much doing that character. But if you rewatch those movies, they they are pretty good, I think. Did you say Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Is it not Robert Downey Jr.? Scrub that. <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> no, we're not leaving that on. I guess we'll leave it on. We can both agree that they're both handsome men with square jaws. and. Yeah. Although I will say the show is much better. I'm not sure if you said that or not. Uh, yeah, I think pe- pe- it has been, I think, debated a bit more these days, but yeah, I definitely prefer the show a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just in other news as well, um, w- since we are currently listening to a Brandon Sanderson book, it's probably worth bringing this up that he has uh, made some comments about Audible recently. He, it, It's a big, it's a big spiel, it's worth reading. Basically, he uh, um, he's saying that uh, he believes audible have treated offers unfairly um what he's been very open about the process of writing and how much 
creators usually are paid and everything. So for the standard industry rate for like digital sales is 70% to an offer. And he's he's revealed Audible pays 40% to offers, which is very harmful to Andy offers. He, he said, and, and that 40%, that's for books that are Audible exclusive. It's even lower than two books that are on multiple platforms. It's 25%. So that's that's only twenty five percent goes to the offers. Um, I really like them as a as like a host as like using it as a consumer. So it was kind of disappointing to hear how poorly they do treat their offers. And uh, Brandon Sanderson has kind of he's come out and said that he is going to publish his books on Spotify Books and Speechify. So these next batch that he's doing, and he's going to keep them off Audible. Uh, he said he doesn't want to go to war with Audible or Amazon because, you know, that's that's not going to end well. He was uh, actually offered 100% commission on his books on Speechify because obviously this is a big promotion to them. Such a big offer saying that he is going to use, use them for his next books and he's not going to publish them on Audible. That's going to drive a humongous amount of traffic to their site. So they were just like, yeah, we'll give you everything. We don't even need to take a cut of anything. But he, he said to them, you know, what would you give this if, if my name wasn't Brandon Sanderson? What would the deal be? So they did offer the industry standard of 70%. It's weird that they that he wants to um, go, he said, like Spotify was one of the ones, because like, um, Taylor Swift like wanted all their music taken off Spotify because they weren't paying like the enough royalty fees uh, the music and like treating them unfairly. Yeah. But I know she's back yeah. on them now. Maybe they resolved all that, like, but I was wondering... Like yeah. Spotify is an interesting one if they if they don't do it as well. Yeah, I know I know Taylor Taylor Swift doesn't have her music on Spotify for a while. I, I never realized that was the reason, and that's an interesting point to pick up. Um, I think it's I think it's never good to have like a monopoly on things. And as I said before, I really really like using Audible as a consumer, but it's it's good for everybody. I think if there's competition and there's other hosts out there and there's other options for people. Because things like this can happen where, you know, monopolies squeeze out offers and, and it, makes it makes it hard for up-and-coming ones to break free because they're they're not making enough money. Let me ask you this. Well, how does how does the Spotify books work? Um, it's because the music is free, right? You can you can just go on and listen to anything, can you? I, I don't use it. So well, I don't know, but yeah, you, it's, a, it's you like Netflix. Stuff, right? Yeah, it's like, uh, well... You can the free version of Spotify. You can listen to music, but there's ads, and then if you pay premium, you can listen to unlimited music without the ads. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is so, it the same I, as books? I, I'm honestly not sure how it works with the books. To be honest, it's something that I've actually never used it for. I've never used Spotify for books. They've they've only I don't know if this is a new thing that Spotify has been doing, where they're just pivoting now into books after they've you know they've very recently well. Not very recently, but they've they've gone into podcasts in recent years. They've obviously had that huge deal with uh, Joe Rogan and everything, and they're getting more popular for that. So I don't know. I think books might potentially. I don't know if I'm. I'm just. I haven't done enough research on that, but I don't know if books are potentially like a new thing for Spotify. I know. I know they have some uh, public domain audiobooks on there that you can listen to at the minute. Don't know what the story is with them. You know. Once that the rights belong to the offers or the publishing houses, what how what are Spotify doing with them? Do you have to pay for them individually, the way you do on Audible? Is there like a credit system, or you know, it's it's not something I'm aware of at the minute. But uh, I don't know if any listeners know how Spotify books works. You know, please write on and explain to us because it's worth looking at this. If it is another service that we can 
come come back yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sick of the the whole uh, credit system, to be honest, because I use Audible and it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. I, the fact that you can't turn it off forever, you know, when when you that, yeah, that is like it, that. A bit yeah, weird. that is a common you can pause it for complaint. A while, but it is yeah. Yeah, that is a common complaint I've seen on the internet about Audible. Um, that it it doesn't need to be uh, subscription based. Really, it's kind of forced into being a an, an a, yeah. a subscription model. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought I thought this was like really admirable from Brandon Sanderson because I do think a lot of people will probably say, oh, he just he's doing this because he wants a higher commission and everything. I don't think he'll make an overall net gain on this because I think just like the exposure places like audible can give i think it that will you know that it'll, it'll turn out to be a net loss and i think brandon sanderson knows that but it's he is doing this purely as a statement he has he teaches writing he he probably thinks of his students and stuff like that how hard how much harder it is for them to come through if if the industry locks itself up like this so i do think it's an admirable stance from him and um yeah that's that's my thoughts on it anyway uh, so I'll go on to our last bit of news here, and the last bit here is um, Apple have now they've they've launched this feature of AI generated digital voices called Jackson and Madison. If you haven't heard about this, uh. it's worth looking up and listening to them because it is actually really good. They sound, in my opinion, really really good, and it's. What's the use case for them? Why would you want to? So basically, they are they are digi- they are digital voices that read audiobooks the reason that they would probably i'd say that from a creator standpoint anyway it would be interesting because you can you can literally punch on a book and then it's it's created straight away and i was like somebody who has to read my stuff it does it does take like an enormous amount of work so that's i think that is part of it anyway from like a listener a consumer point of view how does this make things better uh I don't. I don't really know if it does make things better for a consumer at all. I, I suppose yeah. it's it makes things more consistent, and that's kind of a it's kind of a gimmick, isn't it? They know all oh, this is an AI read story. Would you guys like? Would you guys be interested to listen to an audiobook read by an AI? It doesn't as as long as it's like not boring and dull, and yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter to me. Yeah, I think um yeah, it's it's interesting because like. I haven't heard a lot of like you know Alexa and stuff. You know, it still sounds quite like robotic and like not yeah. human. Like you can yeah. see, you can just sense that like they don't have any like I don't know like personal personality or whatever in their voice. Like it just sounds like a a, a dead voice. Like it's yeah, it's I wouldn't say that's easy. <laughs> like yeah. it wouldn't be easy listening. It's just like emotionless. Um, but that being said, if they were to make it like indistinguishable from a human, a real human voice, then I, I don't really see the problem. Like it's makes no odds yeah. if you yeah, if it's entertaining, like Stephen said, it's, you know, it's still fun to listen to. Then you know that's that's why I'm listening. I'm not listening. I mean, like, right now I would pick a book maybe because it was narrated by Stephen Fry, just based on because I like listening to them. But if like mm-hmm. say they they released like an AI one, and it was. You know, people, it was getting a lot of following. People were saying, oh, this is great. And I would listen to it. And it was like, oh, this is actually really good. Then I would start picking books that had these AI readings because I like them now. So it's just something I would have to try. Yeah. And then if I liked it, you know, I've continued in it. If it wasn't for me, you know, I would revert to uh, just the human voices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, part of it does, like, make me nervous because we are slowly entering that era where machines are going to make us all obsolete. And it's nah, kind of like, we're good. 
Yeah, do you think so? We're, we're, I think we're fine. Yeah, there's still a lot of things coming out where they're actually like you can, you can break them really easily. I think there was something recently about you know that chat chatbot thing. I can't. I was actually I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, Stephen. You showed that to me when we were out in the bar one day, and it yeah blew my mind. Is that what it was? I, I thought I, I wasn't yeah. sure if I spoke about it on here or yeah. So that that thing right is really good for anybody who doesn't know. It's called I think it's called G- Chat G. PT or something, something you can like basically that, yeah. ask it. You can basically ask it a question, and it'll answer you like within a second. And for example, in my line of work, uh, software and stuff, you can ask it to like write blocks of code. So yeah. there was a concern that it would just you know make everybody obsolete with doing that sort of job because you know it can do it all itself. With you know you don't need to pay anybody or anything. But there was there was something recently where somebody asked it a very simple like math question. And it got it completely right. wrong. <laughs> right. I think there's still a ways to go, and it's not. Yeah. It, it's it, it's. I think it's more flashy than it, you know, than it, it, it powerful. Yeah. In a sort of way. Because I know I I read that people are using this that that chat thing to um to write essays, university students to write yes, essays, and there are people who are writing like resignation letters or CVs and stuff with it. So that's that's quite that's a bit crazy that we are in that time already, but. Like, like you're not you're not too concerned it is, about it it is really good like i i i think it's amazing to be honest yeah. but i i don't think i don't think it's going to make people obsolete like they're like in certain lines of work obsolete definitely not for for a long while yeah i, I don't I, I can't see it to be honest yeah it it, it, it does it does I, I you do get that feeling right yeah but when you sit down and think about it for a while it's kind of like mm, don't yeah. know and i think i saw about that essays as well i, I did see that mentioned by like tw- on twitter or something but i also saw that somebody um i think it was over the you know the in between time between uh uh the winter break and new year's where somebody was like off work and they coded this thing that uh, basically can tell if it was written by the chatbot or not i'm not right. sure i'm not sure how it works exactly but yeah. it, it's basically the the use case for people writing essays, you know, like teachers and stuff, so that they or people reading essays, so they know if it's if the student cheated or not. Yeah, essentially. So there is there is ways to get like circumvent, and you know it, this it, guy was getting a lot of praise, so it obviously worked. Yeah, it makes me think of um, I I once read that the reason like modern art it looks so weird and abstract has a lot of people, and it's like what even is that? Is because art used yeah. to reflect reality a lot because there were no cameras so you just it was how how well you could capture reality on a canvas was your skill but then cameras could do that so there was no point so then you had to divert from reality and create something original and it's like i I wonder if that's the stage that like society itself would take if ai got really advanced and could a lot of weird stuff happen but um i don't know what what do you think jonathan about like ai and making us all obsolete and is it something that keeps you awake at night? Not really. Like, I mean, um, myself and Stephen both work in that industry of uh, not AA, but um, actual coding and stuff like that. So you're saying uh, about the, yeah. the code uh, automatic generation, but like machines still can't, they won't come up with like uh, new ideas and things like that. They have to do what they're programmed to do. So yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah it can write like a lot of boilerplate code and stuff like that. Like you already have that anyway. If like um, a lot of like, uh, development environments will have like things that you can like you know put on code snippets which is just like all the 
boilerplate code that you always have to just continuously write like loops and stuff like that um, but the actual problem you're trying to solve like the, the computer's not going to be able to work that out like ever mm-hmm. unless people can directly recreate like the human brain inside a machine and which I just it's just in my view it's far too complex um, yeah. to get get that within any reasonable time frame Maybe eventually, because, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, if, if nature or evolution could create the human brain over millions of years, then, you know, maybe eventually we could do it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it will happen in our lifetimes that it will be, will be like, made completely obsolete. Um, but, I mean, there's other professions, like, I do think, like, you already have, like, uh, self-driving cars. Like, that's going to probably eventually make, you know, truck drivers, bus drivers, taxis, and then you even have, like, delivery drivers, like, Amazon have those drones, and stuff like that that yeah. are supposed to be rolling, rolling out. So, you know, there's things like that that will become. But then, I mean, th- that's been the case for your history is that uh, there has been jobs that don't exist anymore because they're replaced by machines and yeah. people just went and found something else. Like it, it, like the, the creation of these things creates new jobs in itself. It may replace old jobs, but yeah, it'll create new jobs anyway. Yeah, I think um, I think the thing I was thinking of is... Uh is uh what what happens when ai are like advanced enough to write books but i think he's all right like they they won't reach a certain level of complexity but i could definitely see them writing like a cookie cutter kind of the the typical popular romance books or like james patterson thrillers like i could see them writing books like that which are basically reskins of themselves you know it's just i think the bot did do that yeah so yeah Uh, i think that is one of the things that they got it to do is to write a book yeah i don't know but I, I could, good though. I, yeah i was gonna say i don't think i could ever i'll ever see it like write something like with the complexity of say game of thrones i don't think that'll ever happen in our lifetime but you know who knows it's it's interesting that one that, to see. Uh, the ai wrote a harry potter book <laughs> no so so i i don't know how exactly it works but there's something like there's this bot thing that you can you feed it in like blocks of text right and it can it can come up with things so they somebody basically fed in all the harry potter books and asked it to create a um a new one and it's okay. terrible <laughs> like it, it just it just makes no sense it's it's actually really yeah. funny uh what's it called again the, even the name of it is like it's just crazy like yeah. you can see when you when you read when you read it like you can see where it's it's like picked common phrases and stuff or common words that have cropped up and, and reused them in sentences but the sentences don't make any sense yeah i actually i think I'm, i might have read that before you know Stephen. it, it kind of rings a bell well it's called let me see harry potter and the portrait of what looked like a large pile of ash <laughs> it's actually it's actually really funny <laughs> i think from a comedy perspective like this would probably be something you'd want to read just for for that like not for the actual engaging story of harry potter but actually because it's stupid there there is a there is a subreddit where it's ai generated memes and they are absolutely hilarious how how like just weird and random they are it's so funny i can't remember what you call the subreddit but i think if you google ai generated memes reddit you probably find it yeah can i can i read a passage from uh yeah go for it okay so this is one of the paragraphs Hermione suggested that they listen to the Death Eaters meetings, so the trio made their way to the castle roof doors landing. They almost ran in, <laughs> but witches aren't climbing. Rob then looked at the doorknob, then painfully at Hermione. 
saying that the door was closed. Mr. Staircase, <laughs> a resident ghost, elaborated that it was locked. <laughs> they screamed at the door and asked it to be replaced with an orb. Then Hermione cried out the password, <laughs> Beef Women. <laughs> and that's an excerpt from Harry Potter and the portrait of what looked like a large pot of ash. That was, that was pretty good. That's poetic. <laughs> the Death Eaters were dead, and Harry was hungrier <laughs> than he'd ever been. <laughs> That is uh, everything I wanted to bring up in news. Do you guys have anything? Or as I said, there's books aren't really like known for having breaking news stories every couple of weeks. That was a weird thing where a lot of things happened at once. But yeah, well, I think we'll go, we'll go on then. We're we're gonna so as I said, we've done seven books, so we haven't done enough to do a top ten this year. We're gonna count down our top seven from seven to one and just say what we think about them. Has has anything changed or anything like that? So, well, um, we we could do a top ten because we haven't read ten books, but we have read more than ten stories. Listen to yeah. more than ten stories, I should say. I guess, but that would make things complicated. Then how do we? I suppose because yeah, okay, <laughs> fine, Michael. Cut that! Cut that! Cut that! No, I'll leave it. In. <laughs> Don't cut yeah, it. Leave it on. Let them know we're human. We're not. We're not AI. So we have. We have to work things out. Not yet. That's just what the AI. Uh, I know. Say. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And then something about an orb replacing a door. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Staircase. Yeah. That's a that's a really good like fantasy name though. Like that reminds me of the uh, American Gods, Mister Wednesday from uh, <laughs> American Gods, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Uh, so on that topic, I guess we'll go to number seven on our list. Uh, Stephen, what was what was our seventh best book of the year? Our seventh best book of the year was uh, Inferno. So that was the 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 one where the they go to hell it's a it's kind of like as remake the right word is it um i would i wouldn't call it a remake no because the original's referenced in in this in the yeah in this book yeah. i'd say maybe well i don't know if that makes it a remake but but anyway i would say it's like, it a, like a, a requel telling a requel yeah that's a good way to put yeah. it yeah isn't that the hollywood <laughs> word these days a requel yeah like star wars uh that yeah one, i forget yeah. the name of force awakens yeah. for example yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, so it's like a requel of uh, Dante's Inferno, where they go to hell. Um, what was our, what was our average score on that? Our score was three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. So um, I don't, you how, gave it the highest guys... with a four. Yeah, yeah. Um, in retrospect, I think I'm a, a bit more lukewarm on it now that I I did enjoy it at the time, but as I, I distance it, like um, I I don't know if I would reread it or anything. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I might read. I I think I said this in the, in the episode too. I think I would read it again, but I wouldn't listen to it again. It was a bit daunting to read, even though I suggested it. <laughs> and I have I have listened to it twice already. You know, I don't. I don't yeah. think it's one I would listen to again. Yeah, but never know. I give it a three. I think was it. And you gave it a three. Yeah. Yeah and yeah no I I would not read really that. I mean it was it was worth listening to like but I feel like this the story. Like it, it's not like a story I'd want to rehear. I've, I've got it now in my head. It's there, and that's I'll just go leave it at that. However, uh, if if they do another re uh, requel um, in the future, sure, I'll probably listen to that. <laughs> One thing I will say about it, I think it was memorable because I, I I listen to so many books that you just don't remember because there was just like they they didn't offer anything that unique and they just didn't stand out. Whereas I I do remember most of Inferno still, so I think that's 
a, a, a positive in its book. But I think uh, I think three point five is probably about right where I would feel about it now. Yeah, I th- I think um, yeah, I I think my score wouldn't change to be honest. I think I remember the time the 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 narrator did pull it down a lot for me, as I remember. And like I said, I I think I would read a hard copy, but yeah, I'm not gonna rush out. And buy yeah, it yeah, I remember the the narration was about that like that old style science fiction reading kind of mm. radio drama kind of voice. Okay, I guess what what was our number uh, our number six book of the year, Stephen? Our number our number number sixth book of the year was the other book that I uh, <laughs> suggested, which was <laughs> Reliance. Yeah. Uh, by yeah, so that was the one. Remember where uh, <clears throat> there's a was it a CME coronal mass ejection and the Earth loses power basically. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's basically a a powerless Earth, which is the exact. That's the name of the series. It's pretty descriptive on what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I really like this one. Obviously, uh, I suggested it. I I think it was really well done. I can't remember what the narration. I I really like the narrator in that too. Uh. Yeah. I think though he gets points for being Irish. Yeah. <laughs> think we we all had issues with the belfast accent it wasn't that it was bad it was actually really really good it was yeah, just yeah. slightly it's annoying dangerous. at times yeah um yeah I, st- I still feel about the same on this book i, I enjoyed it and i wouldn't mind if some if you ever or somebody else ever picked a sequel i definitely wouldn't mind revisiting i think my only my biggest issue with the book was like the ending where i think i said uh something about it feels like the ending of like episode three or episode five of a series rather than episode 10 or 13 as it sh- as it should be Doesn't yeah, feel like yeah i think I, I think you and me had the same kind of opinion where it wasn't really you couldn't read it in isolation it felt like you almost had to have to read the sequel to get closure yeah. because yeah the, yeah yeah Whereas it was it was definitely like want, a setup book you, you kind of want a book well i do anyway a book to kind of it, it's able to stand on its own and the sequels yeah like definitely nice to have definitely what about you joff and i think you give this the lowest score do you still feel the same way uh yeah i felt like i, I enjoyed the narration um like you um i think the story just didn't go in the direction i wanted it to go i, I remember that i wanted it to kind of be a bit more chaotic and slightly less realistic than i think that it actually does portray um how things would actually pan out and it was kind of just uh, you know in this isolated area of people just trying to get you know from Belfast to Donegal essentially. Um, yeah. Maybe a book like this, you know, that covered more, maybe not like global, but like say like the Great Britain kind of area. You know, you have the whole government set up there too. You know, the way they would yeah. make like a movie about this now. You know, they would probably yeah. have like this you know boardroom of all these uh, <laughs> officials and stuff. You I know, wait. like D- Defcon whatever the highest one is is one the highest or five i well, think it like, goes i think it goes up yeah right so defcon five yeah like everyone's just like losing the crap and around the table and <laughs> trying to figure out a like more kind of, more epic kind of like yeah more, more epic yeah i think yeah it was about about two yeah see i don't think i would like that i don't think i would like like a proper you know sort of end of the world type like a realistic mm. one i don't know I was I was actually going to bring this up too during the review that we did, but I forgot. Um, I kind of I did ha- kind of have that thought too, Jonathan, because um, what's considered a lot by a lot of people, it is kind of debated, but I would say that the majority would say Stephen King's best book is The Stand, 
and that is like that is like an apocalyptic novel it's like 99.99% of the world are, are wiped out by a disease and it is like it is kind of like this only it's it's more epic and it's like all these different point of views happening and it's at each stage and this is what's happening in this part of the country this is what's happening here and like bouncing all over the place and I was kind of I was kind of thinking that when I was listening to this I was like I would have liked to hear like the, the reliance expanded into like a book like that because I think the stand is like it's like 40 hours or 50 hours long as well so it could do yeah, that. Yeah I felt I felt like that's you know if say like a good example is like say like nuclear weapons right so right now like say the Russians and the Americans aren't going to fire nukes at each other because they've both got them and if they one fires the other fires back essentially but say the power goes off right so none of them can fire but then like you know news breaks so the Russians have got the, some electricity back they've got their nukes and they know we don't kind of thing like that you know that they that's the kind of yeah oh, exactly yeah. Oh, just a backup just a wee petrol <laughs> generator underneath <laughs> this big massive massive <laughs> exactly what I was picturing yeah uh, um, but yeah something like that you know where it's absolute catastrophic kind of level i felt like this was just more yeah more realistic and more just you know just how people would yeah it, it did kind of bring back the the coronavirus pandemic you know the way everything just changed suddenly but um yeah you know there was initial panic but then eventually everybody just gets on with kind of thing i'm nearly like disappointed how much we've gone back to regular life like it's like a, just society doesn't All right, weirdo. take it take, no it's just like society doesn't take any lessons or doesn't adapt in any oh, way yeah. i know like some people are working from home who weren't but even nearly everywhere is trying to undo that now it's just it's kind of disappointing that we couldn't take something good out of that but well work, work for my uh line of work anyway it seems everywhere's offering that now work from home um because they really sure, are, that's good really yeah. i think wasn't one of the first places that actually said they're gonna let their employees do that was twitter and how like elon musk has taken over <laughs> he's like yeah. if you don't and come into the office you're fired yeah he's very yeah. much against that yeah uh, he's yeah. i don't know what's happening i used to like really like him and stuff and i think he's just like lost Same. the plot now like it's i don't know man i think i don't think he's changed to be honest i think uh the media's mm. just turned on him to be yeah. honest <laughs> i still i still uh hold my tesla shares and they have taken uh a real beating this this last year so <laughs> my god I, I yeah I'm, I'm really glad that he hasn't done anything in the last couple of weeks but uh yeah so i guess we could uh we should move on here to our fifth book uh Stephen, what was our fifth top book of the year our fifth top book of the year was 2001 space odyssey yeah uh, what was what was our average score on that the average score was a four a four um yeah this this is, you know, obviously science fiction juggernaut, like it's a classic, and uh, it's probably the probably the most literary book that we've done so far. Unless I'm forgetting one, nah, I think it is. Like it's it's the one that would be on the top 100 lists of all times. That we, it's probably the only book that would be found on there that we've done. I was kind of intimidated to review this book, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think Hal is one of the the best, most iconic villains. I know we debated whether he is a villain. Well, one of the best, most one of the best, most iconic antagonists of all time. Um, and obviously, this book was so influential. I really enjoyed revisiting it and thinking of it. You know, it, it was blew my mind as I said on our review. Like this was written when it was written and everything, and I just really appreciated it from that point of view. And that's why I give it such a high score. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Uh, to be honest, I think I rated it too high. <laughs> 
really? I give it a I give it a three. But again, I normally rate rate choose my ratings from a pure enjoyment perspective. And Same, the yeah. narrator, if you remember back, the narrator killed it for me. Yeah, I think uh, it was it was too it was a bit of a slog. Um, like like with Inferno, I think I would prefer to read the hard copy, and I would I would I think I would rate that higher. But yeah, three seems high for what you said in the review, because I was actually surprised that you had rated a three. Now that you're saying that, yeah, I think I was too generous <laughs> for episode three. I was like, oh, I don't want to. Don't want to uh, upset anybody here early on. Yeah, you know. Um, I think like, but yeah, as you said, Hal is like so iconic that yeah, you know. He, I think we said this in the episode. He appears in like all over fiction and stuff. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, and then of course now the conversation we had earlier about AI comes into play <laughs> because you know obviously I know he is an AI so. Um, yeah, did we ever did we ever bring it up on the podcast that our first like on any of our tweets was from the uh, a Hal account? I don't, I don't think <laughs> we did. No, do you want do you want to bring that up? Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh that's what happened. We uh first our first tweet was received. It still has one like I think, but I think that is from the Hal account. It's it's pretty spooky. Within like seconds too, I think. Yeah, wasn't it like straight away as soon as? It was I wonder. Posted? possibly if that like um what that hal account is like doing some kind of scraping over like and anytime yeah. it finds anything to do with space odyssey or hal mentioned it just like goes and automatically likes it it has to be, it has to that's be a exactly what like, if that uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's just so funny though like yeah <laughs> it was unnerving uh joff and what do you what do you think about the 2001 a space odyssey on reflection and, and what you scored it and where it appears on our last night um, yeah, no, I mean, this book was my choice and I chose it exactly because it was um, probably one of the most classic science fiction books, like, and definitely introduced a lot of things like, yeah, like AI, um, space travel as well, you know, it kind of revolutionized that in turn, because, you know, as I mentioned in the actual episode itself, we hadn't even been um, to the moon or anything um, when it was released. So, um, you know, it was kind of pure guesswork on the author's part in terms of what would happen out there. And I mean, I guess like a lot of it is probably, you know, I'm sure he did some research, uh, but a lot of it's probably, you know, they wouldn't know what, no fantasy essentially, um, or fiction as the genre is. Um, But no, I I still agree. I think I gave it a 4.5. I would still agree with that. Like, I think I really enjoyed it, Um, especially... um, them after the uh, enjoyed all the hal stuff but after that you know when it gets all weird and things like that i really enjoyed that too um yeah so yeah for me i, I would still give this the same rating um just yeah just of pure enjoyment and of how influential the book is you know what i'm just thinking did i that we said it was top seven is it not actually a top six yeah i've just been thinking about that too <laughs> six that's it. okay we, we have read seven books but we haven't done seven episodes all right, so uh, and sorry about that, everybody. Inferno is number six. Um, so, yeah, Reliance number six, is number five. Number six Inferno. Yeah, number f- Reliance is number five. Uh, a Space Odyssey is number four. Is that correct, Stephen? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. So we're it's actually a top six, not a top seven. So uh, we we are currently we're currently listening to our seventh book and haven't haven't reviewed it yet. Okay. What's our what's our our third topic then steven our third topic is norse mythology by neil game yeah so that was another jonathan recommendation that was our most recent book 
what do you guys how do you guys feel about that it, it hasn't been that long since we discussed this it was only it was only about a couple of weeks ago wasn't it no that was the last book we did and to be honest i i've thought about it a few times uh since uh which is weird because normally i just you know finish them we do the podcast and then i completely forget about them but i, yeah. I have thought about norse mythology a few times and i think i rated it too low uh oh, really, reflection really? i think um I, I did really enjoy it uh but i don't know i think it was just i i, I got stuck on a few of the, the minor points as you if you remember the episode <laughs> i couldn't let it go yeah. so i think i was a yeah bit jaded from that and i, I read it at low but yeah i mean yeah. it's a good it's a good book i think i will definitely listen to that again at some point maybe not the whole way through though i might just listen you know keep it downloaded and maybe you know put a chapter on at some point I know, yeah, I think the fact that, you know, it had that uh, format of being multiple short stories, um, each chapter is a different story, is good, you know, you can listen to it in any kind of order. I know they do start with the beginning and end with the end, but I mean, apart from that, everything else seems to kind of happen in any order, like there's, you know, you can read it at any any chapter you want at any time. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it would be a good, like, going to sleep book, uh, yeah, where you could play, like, a chapter as you're fading off, so... You know, it's it's not too important if you miss anything if you've already listened to it anyway. But um, yeah, I I definitely um I definitely would keep it the same. Like third best book is probably where I would put it on my own personal ranking. So yeah, I agree with its place in here, and it's a book that I I said I'd already read or listened to three times, and I probably will go back for a fourth eventually. I'm trying not to re-listen to anything though. At the minute, I'm trying to get through as many unique books as possible at the moment but when i'm when i'm revisiting things again this will probably be on my list of things to revisit so we all agree that uh norse mythology was was a great book and it yeah, deserves to be third on our list yeah 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 i wouldn't say it deserves to be third but <laughs> maybe fourth what was our uh our second topic of the of the year then Stephen. our second topic of the year was harry potter and the philosopher's stone by jk Rowling, which is a surprise because i thought it was going to be number one yeah i thought this was going to be number one too when i picked it i did not anticipate that we would rate something higher than this um i i did give this five stars at the time and i would definitely stand by that i thought we all talked about how great Stephen fry is and how great jk Rowling's characters are and the sense of wonder in these books and everything yeah it's just an amazing book and i can't wait to do the rest of this series how do you I, guys feel I'm confused about my score though <laughs> i gave it a four i don't know why i didn't give it a five uh yeah it still it still wouldn't have broke the top you know number one spot if i did but uh i don't know why i didn't give it a five maybe i was being a bit um cautious not rating stuff uh you know amazing you don't want to yeah that, blow though. your blow your fives out, out straight away like yeah, even though it's definitely, I think it deserves a five. But yeah, I mean, what what else is there to say? But it's a great book, love it. I'll read that every year, <laughs> no matter what. Upon reflection, as well, I think I give it a four point five. You did. Yeah. Um, I think I would probably give it a five. Um, and for the exact same reason, as Stephen, I think I was just a bit reluctant to give someone a five. You know, it was the very first book we were covering. I don't want to, you know, yeah, just be dishing out fives. You know, because. That makes the, the actual getting a five not as sacred. Yeah. Um, but no. Especially um, since it was the first one too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I give it a four point five because that's obviously as close as it could get to five without being a five. Um, but I think upon reflection, I would definitely give it a five. That being said, 
I think, you know, the book that we're going to bring up now in the number one spot, I would still say that deserves the number one spot for me. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Just, just one more thing on uh, Harry Potter. I, I sort of wish that we didn't do it. Really? <laughs> at all. Uh, strangely. Um, I feel like it started too high with it, with that. Um, we should have went with a really super obscure book. Just to give the listeners a bit of insight behind the curtain that it's probably no surprise that it's by far our most popular episode um it's just humongously popular compared to everything else but uh, it's kind of expected that but it's crazy yeah yeah in a way i wish i wish we didn't do it first but i mean can't change that now and as for the rest of the harry potter series i'm sure <clears throat> there are pe- a lot of people out there who want us to pick it up like you guys we're all excited to do those books again aren't we to to get some of them maybe rattled out this year yeah i mean oh, so, yeah. so th- this is the other problem that i have found with reading it by itself is that i just wanted to read them all then definitely i <laughs> know <laughs> and, and i was i was working my way through game of thrones i think so i didn't want to have two goliath series going on at the same yeah, time i can see that yeah okay um so on that subject let's go to number one Stephen. what was our top book of the year no surprise. The number one book of the year for us was The Humans by Matt Haig, and it was phenomenal. I, I, I think that's definitely, I think I said this at the time, that's definitely top five book for me now. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, I would, uh, this was my pick, and I'd love to read it. Is, again. It's one of my favorite books, and I was really excited to do it. I, I honestly wasn't expecting you guys to love it as much as you did. I, I did think it would be a popular choice. I wasn't expecting this to land number one with all of us would be my number one book of the year so i'm glad that it is our overall number one as well um it's definitely a book that i will keep revisiting and i love this book i find it so funny and uh so heartfelt and so genuine it's got such good messages that you can keep coming back to and, and the nar- narration yeah. is fantastic matt Haig's writing is fantastic yeah it was i was i was very surprised by how much i enjoyed it like i haven't never heard of it um even though it is i think a popular book i just yeah ne- never cropped up my radar but um no yeah i'm absolutely delighted that you recommended it and now that you know i've got it in my library and i'll definitely come back to it you know probably every few years um yeah it's just it says a, a book of kind of because it is funny but it's also yeah, heartfelt it just makes you feel good reading it so yeah um i think yeah it would absolutely definitely be a number one recommendation of mine if you, you know could read your next book would definitely be this if you haven't read it yeah or listened yeah 100% and also just fun fact it got a perfect score that yeah it got a perfect five stars yeah so. we shout out our, our our perfect score I don't know if we'll have many many of those going forward we'll we'll see um I'm sure futures on the Harry Potter series stand a chance of perfect scores here and there I would say Prisoner of Azkaban is probably a strong contender for that but possibly some of the Game of Thrones books would be contenders for that as well We'll see anyway how we get on and what we all think of those when we when they do come up. We're excited to do all those big popular books anyway. But it is it is whether they are suggested, but listeners can influence our picks as well. We will this year. We will probably do more listener recommendation episodes. We owe a few. Um, we if you if you do want us to do any books, just send us an email. It's on the show notes there or or tweet at us. And when a book gets mentioned enough, we will pick it up um, and do an episode on it, even if it's a, even if it's a horrible book. We promise we will still give it a go. 
I love to read a horrible book. Like that's that's, that's why I want to do do this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I don't want to do horrible horrible books. Like uh, I want I I'm more excited to do obscure books that people haven't heard about or people don't know about. I just want to absolutely like slate a book. Just like say I hated all this. I hated that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, w- I would love that. I would love that too. As long as it's not like a really long horrible book. Oh, I just want a short horrible book. But um, <laughs> I think it would be hilarious to do something like Fifty Shades of Grey. Force us to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's one of my favorites. I love that. Yeah, one. but yeah, I think that would that would definitely be fun to do if the listeners want to put us through that because I don't think we'll ever recommend those on our own. Well, you never know. Yeah. So that is our that's our not our top seven of the year. That is our top six of the year. We are still listening to our seventh, which is uh the first Mustborn book. It's a big book, so might take a take a while to get to that one. Yeah, it is a chunky old book. Before before we do plugs and stuff, I just wanted to, to go over the, the stars that we gave and just some, some interesting points to bring up. So based on our based on that list, uh, it's clear that Michael recommends the best books and I recommend the worst. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm hoping for big stuff out of Michael this year. Uh, I want to see a lot more five, five out of fives. I, I have a few few up my sleeve, Stephen, but I, I, um, a lot of the books I wanted to recommend were science fiction books and I wanted to like branch us out a bit. I was like... Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, there's definitely so, so many that I can't wait to recommend. There's a long, long list. I, I've like listening to a Stephen King book at the minute, Misery, and I think the narration on that is probably the best audiobook narration I've ever heard. The performance is just incredible, but um, really, yeah, it is just phenomenal in my opinion. But uh, anybody who's listened to that book, it's it's yeah. But uh, I was just thinking, Stephen King, he's got like I think sixty or seventy books. If we just did Stephen King books, <laughs> we could do this podcast for years. So we will never run no. out of content. <laughs> but uh, no, let's not do. No, that. I know, I know. I, I'm actually, I'm actually. <laughs> Stephen King is one of my favorite authors, and I'm hesitant to recommend any of his books because Jonathan isn't a big fan of horror. I'll read. I'll probably read the horror, but I don't think I would watch um, the movie if there was a movie on it as well. Yeah, I probably would. Like you know, I'm growing up now, Michael. <laughs> you can handle it, yeah. No, Michael, you don't have to like you don't you don't have to like you know show him up on the podcast. Like, <laughs> no need. Um, you know, I'm all willing to do anything for the pod, like. <laughs> Just just a few more interesting things. So based on the the list, Michael's recommendation, Michael's stars are all in order. So going from lowest to the highest. Oh really? Which is interesting. Yeah. So the so the you, the list I, matches my list. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which is another interesting one. Uh, Jonathan's is almost the same, but the first two books are the wrong way around. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. And mine is all over the place. <laughs> uh, Another thing, Michael didn't rate anything below a three or below a, th- a four. Yeah, I've been extremely generous. Well, I mean, when, he's, he's too generous. Yeah, I think. Way too generous. Well, we need I think. To yeah. Get that book that way. That uh, book that we know Michael's not going to like. Yeah, I've, I think I've already re- um, said on the on the podcast that I a few that I'd had read that I'm not a big fan of. Um, what was the one? Normal people. That's a really loved book that I'm not a fan of. So. If, if the listeners ever want to hear me rant about that but I, i'm definitely like not as positive as i've made it. i just like i i just i think i see the good in things a lot of the time and it just takes certain things to turn me against the book and we haven't really encountered any of that 
Yeah, I, I think the last thing then, the, the most polarizing book between us all was the Reliance one, I think. Because you and I, Michael, rated it pretty high, and Jonathan rated it pretty low. Yeah. You like what so you like. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, the best book was The Humans, so. Yeah. A few interesting points based on the scores. Yeah. Uh, as long as we can get through more books uh, next, well, this year now. There will be a lot more data points too to bring up the next time we do this list. Yeah, here's here's a question that I have. Based off the top of your head, who off, from that list, who's your favorite narrator? Go, Stephen Fry. Yeah, I would go Stephen. I'm gonna Fry, say yeah. Mark Meadows. Yeah, it's always tough, but it's definitely between those two. But and Neil Gaiman was excellent as well. But it would definitely be it's a tough tough one between Stephen Fry and Mark Meadows. I think I would give it to Stephen Fry. Actually, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, yeah. yeah. I think I think I'm leaning towards Mark Meadows because it's new to me, and I've I've listened to Stephen Fry a bunch, but that doesn't mean you know he's still amazing. Yeah, still top two, but Mark Meadows, I think the, I was so surprised by that performance. Yeah, we could uh, next recommendation Stephen Fry doing the Sherlock Holmes series, the seventy hour books. Then we then we pr- probably have only like a top six for next year as well, because we'll barely be able to cover uh, anything else. Yeah, okay, so we're just going to go on to what else we're consuming. Um, Stephen, I'll start with you. What else have you... It's been it's been a couple of weeks since we last did a, an episode. What else have you been consuming in that period? Yeah, still still working through The Sopranos again. Uh, loving it, as I said the last time. Um, I finished the Storm of Swords Game of Thrones book, and I'm going to start the next one after I get through um, the Mistborn book. Um what else I can't think of anything else to be honest uh, it's been I've seen I've watched and seen so much stuff since you know obviously Christmas and stuff yeah but, uh, it's all kind of a blur <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest let me think yeah okay. what I want to watch is uh, if anybody knows if it's good or not it's called uh, Slow Horses right you've yeah. seen that no I've never heard of it it looks it looks pretty good it's like a, spl- a spy thriller show it's got um what do you call him gary oldman is the lead in it oh right okay uh it looks pretty good it's on apple apple tv um uh, nice but uh it looks interesting i want to watch that so if anybody knows if it's good let me know i might have i might have watched it by then i can argue about it jonathan or what, what have you been consuming the last couple of weeks i've been watching a show it's called the world at war um it was released in the 70s and it's narrated by Lawrence Olivier. Um, it's about World War II essentially, but because, you know, this was in the 1970s and they didn't have a lot of video editing and software, you know, if you watch a World War II documentary now, it's like, you know, renewed and new colour and then you don't even know how much of it's computer generated or like actual real footage. Whereas this here, you know, it was made in 1970, so it's got more or less all real footage. Um, the only thing I always wonder is, do you always see like, gunfire and explosions and stuff and I'm like who the hell is standing there with a camera following that's what all this is going on like <laughs> but um no no it's 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 an old series like and it's, but it's uh quite interesting you know especially if you're if you like your history or your world war history um I think there's about maybe about 30 odd episodes it's quite a big series as well um just like one uh, season 30 episodes kind of thing um that's about it in terms of actual uh, entertainment thing I've been doing a lot of um, programming stuff like learning different things I've just started on a new project here so I've um, kind of got a lot of 
work daily now. I can't uh, sit and play Pokemon anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, well, can we have a quick Pokemon update? I don't know if that made it into the episode or not. That has to be a segment at this um, stage. I did, uh... <laughs> uh, uh, we'll make a segment, the daily Pokemon, or the weekly <laughs> Pokemon update or whatever. Um, I know I, I think I completed um, red, blue, silver and gold. Um was going to move on to crystal and just haven't, haven't got around it yet, so... Um, but now, um, and the show as well, I think I finished the first season, but um, yeah, I've kind of gone off that, but I'll get back to it eventually. Um, I'm actually a geek back in the day now. I kind of go through phases of like maybe a month where I'm focused on one thing, so right now I'm going back into kind of my game development where I actually want to make my own game phase, so I'm going to work on that now for a while, and then I'll probably return to a playing game kind of phase. Um, and speaking of playing, yeah, I've, I've also been playing a lot of FIFA um, 23, which absolutely terrible game but i just can't stop playing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of them games it's just oh, it's just complete uh so unfair times like but it's just so addictive it's just mind popcorn yeah yeah but um no that's that's mostly what i've been at yeah um as for me i have finished house of dragon uh I said at the before the series started and when it was announced and everything, I kept saying to people that I was too hurt to go back to Game of Thrones. I'm not going to revisit it. I'm not going to support these shows. I'm not going to care about them. Then eventually, when House of Dragon was all out, I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. Watched it and I'm absolutely hooked and I absolutely loved the show. Uh, I, it was awesome, yeah. Yeah, this, it was incredible. Uh, I forget the actor's name. He's quite a big actor, so I should should know it. I, the King, King, King Viserys, yeah. Yeah, he was incredible. He was absolutely amazing. Yeah, he, he was probably the standout performance, but there was so many, so many great performances on the show. It was just so well written. And like uh, I think I said before on the podcast, it's so refreshing to have like political Game of Thrones back. Yeah, back on form Game of Thrones is really nice to have. Yeah, back, yeah, prime, prime Game of Thrones, it feels like is back. Yeah, and um, yeah, I. I definitely recommend anybody who hasn't got back on that. I know Game of Thrones hurt everybody a lot. I, I'm, I'm still hurt as well, but it's it's, it's really worth it. Um, I think I was saying I said to you as well that I'm listening listening to Misery. I'm working my way through Stephen King books at the minute, and I'm on Misery at the moment. It's really incredible audio performance, and I also listened to David Mitchell, uh, a book by David Mitchell. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. Dishonesty is the best is the second best policy. Um, like I'm not really like that big of a fan of David Mitchell. It's not like I don't dislike him or anything. I just don't. <gasps> no, I don't. I don't really I haven't really watched anything or listened to his. I don't really know know much about him. I just I watch have, the football. Yeah, I, that's that's basically everything I knew about David Mitchell before this book. That's uh, <laughs> that that video, but um, the YouTube video about football. Which is amazing, but I I is that think, the, all the football all the time and stuff. Yeah, watch yeah. the football. Look, it's going to move. <laughs> is that like the uh, the football now? All the football and nothing yeah. but the football. That's from uh, the which, Mitchell and Webb look. Yeah, right. Which is yeah. a great show, by the way. That's a great show. Yeah, watch. It's great. I don't know. It's not on anywhere though. Is the only thing. I was nah, it used to be on Netflix. Day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's not on there anymore. Yeah. I think I, I've ranted to Stephen before about like some of my issues with modern comedy it's basically middle-aged men standing on a stage saying oh you can't say anything anymore and just ranting about like modern liberalism and stuff 
over and over again and it's just so dull and I think I've, I've specifically just to call somebody out on our, on our podcast specifically have a lot of issues with Ricky Gervais because he is he is left wing but he still still gets caught in those rants and it's just like you make such good TV shows you the comedy should be better like I just I I think like Netflix keeps making these specials and it's just it's just comedians going on these stand ups and it's just the rants about how much they're falling out of touch and how they can't can't make relevant jokes to modern society so i thought i i like listened to this uh, david mitchell book fully expecting to have that view of it fully expecting to hate it not knowing much about david mitchell and i was just it was just an incredible lesson i didn't i didn't realize that he was a columnist and he's just so insightful so funny so what i and i was saying this even before the episode i i was like listening to this on walks and I had to like cover my face from like <laughs> so it doesn't look weird because I was constantly laughing and it was it was just a hilarious book it's just him reading out different columns he's done down the years but it's it was just really really oh, good does he read it as well yeah he does yeah but yeah I would definitely recommend it and I, I went on thinking this is gonna be a complete drag for me and I'm gonna hate this because I thought that's exactly what it was gonna be it was gonna be another one of those long rants but no it was it was completely I loved it I might buy that it sounds, it actually sounds really fun it's really funny yeah no, seriously, though, Michael, watch, watch some, that Mitchell. I need to, books. yeah, I need to. I, I just, I'm not that connected to, like, British pop culture. I'm more like, a lot of the shows I watch is Amer- are American and stuff, so I just don't know British British humour or anything. I haven't really watched that many shows, to be honest. I wouldn't even say it's, like, it's even, I wouldn't even say it's mainstream, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's like, really funny, though. It's, it's yeah. sketch comedy. Right, yeah. But yeah, that's that's it. That's really everything. I've still been I've been watching a lot of horror movies too. Um, yeah, that's that's everything. I wanted to just mention I haven't watched it yet, but I, I think the HBO released that the the Last of Us TV show. I think the first episode is it. Right. Is that not out? Is that not next week? Maybe maybe it's like because uh, I've seen reviews for it, and maybe it's like the you know pre reviews. You know, like a lot of those people get early access and stuff. Mm. Um, but I heard, I heard it's I got like nine on IGN and one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, Pe- Pedro good. Pascal is on it. Just anything he's in is automatically good. Yeah, yeah. If he's a leading song like the Mandalorian is just amazing. Like, but even though you don't see his face for most of it, like it just I don't know. He's yeah. just great to act on that character. Like, yeah, it's set set to debut on the fifteenth. Ah, cool. Um, so this episode well, yeah. will probably not be out by then anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be out by the time this people listen to this, but um. No, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably give that a watch. I was just going to say, on the subject of Pedro Pascal, uh, one one bad movie that he's been in is probably the second Wonder Woman, but if you watch that movie, he was is... Was he the lead, though? He wasn't, but I was going to say he was by far the best part of the movie, and he's incredible in it. He's completely over overacting, but I think, like, intentionally, and it's just it's a great performance in a bad movie. <laughs> but uh, The Last of Us, yeah, that's... Will be worth a watch, I would say. Hopefully, hopefully it turns out well. Should be. I never played the game. Well, I played a wee bit of the game, um, but people because it's on, it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's actually now coming out on the place or the PC. Um, they're yeah, I missed, I missed the boat on the on the yeah. game. Same. I have so it. I I, like you said, I have it as well. I own it, but I, I haven't played through it. Yeah, I think I'll get it on the PC eventually. Um, I think they're re-releasing it like fifty pound, but I'll probably wait until there's some kind of deal or something eventually. But um. No, I, I like, I think like, because it's like a zombie-based kind of thing, like The Walking Dead, you know, started amazing, and then that just, I've always been looking for, you know, zombie apocalypse is such a good thing to make a TV show, it's like, why is there not more better TV shows about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so hopefully this can kind of fill that hole oh here another thing uh upcoming it's not out yet but it's it's going to be released very shortly i think in exactly one month uh harry potter game hogwarts legacy is coming nice oh yeah can't wait for that i probably will buy buy that full price (laughs) yeah i'm gonna buy that day one like that's gonna be amazing well if it's if it's not amazing then it'll be i'll have some things to say there was a lot of news about people getting their pre-orders cancelled and I was going, oh no, hey, there's going to not be enough copies. And I was like, hold on a minute, I get all my games digitally now. So was, <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously not going. Yeah. I think it was, it was like they were worried that pre-orders were getting cancelled because they were going to delay it again. Because I think this game's been delayed like multiple times. It was supposed to be released in like 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like three, three years it's taken them. But I mean, that to me says, you know, they've had another three years to work on it. You know, they realised back then it wasn't good enough. So they've kind of hopefully going to put the stamp of approval on my it's been in development for like five years so i mean there's maybe six years at this point i don't know yeah have so you seen videos of the combat and stuff yeah i've seen a few yeah. it looks it looks quite difficult like it looks nearly um yeah dark souls ish that's what i want yeah that's what i'm looking for exactly like that's what i was about to say yeah like dark souls i'd love that yeah it also says here that it's a single player game. I thought it was like a multiplayer sort of thing, but obviously not. Maybe they'll add that on eventually. I I, I think I probably prefer if it's single player though. I think they can do more things, you know, because they don't have to tie it in to the multiplayer sort of element. They can just focus yeah. on the single and include more stuff. Like the old school PlayStation Two games. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Can I ask you a question about? Um, so I think I've heard that there's character paths on it an evil character or a good character but the evil character can obviously do the curses which is a cool thing that'll make a lot of people go towards the dark arts where do what do you guys anticipate what path do you think you'll be choosing i think i'll go uh middle of the board but but i delve on the both sides you don't want a avada cadaver some some trolls see that almost seems like the easy path yeah, I think uh, I always find see in games like I, I treat it kind of like real life. I always make like good decisions. I'm always like a good guy. Yeah, um, I'll probably do that for this as well. However, I think you know it depends how long the game was, but I'll probably then like do multiple playthroughs um, eventually, and like you know go the other way then the second time. But I think the first time, the first play will be the good side. I think that's it. Just seems to me like that would be more the game would be more geared towards the good side because that's you know what you know from the movies and stuff so that appeals to more people yeah but i don't know if that's Mm. true i'm just i'm just speculating that so it might be like better to be good yeah however um yeah it seems like the bat if you can use those curses and stuff you could be quite powerful so i'm sure i'm sure there's but there's elements probably there's probably things that the good side can do yeah um you know the dark side can't do so yeah i hope there's a lot of like difference between um like characters that are built you know for example there's four houses right i hope there's like completely not completely different but very different stories that happen with mm. depending on which, which house you pick yeah i i really don't want it to be like you pick one and it doesn't just really changes matter. the colors yeah. yeah yeah um yeah i i think um probably go good as well the only the only game i've ever played where i was like a, not a good person was uh red dead 2 I was I just for some reason picked up that game and decided I was going to be an absolute monster, and then um like spoiler alert if you haven't played that game skip ahead uh he gets uh, the character gets tuberculosis about three quarters not not even three quarter I think about sooner than that into the game, and then for some reason I was so emotionally invested in it I had like a redemption arc then 
as as is the title of the game. <laughs> I love that. And I became a good character, and I fully I I swung. I was actually at the right at the end of the bad spectrum, and I got onto the good spectrum just at the end of the game and got the good ending. So it felt like like a real character arc. But yeah, that was uh, that was one of my best gaming experiences. So what you're saying is for Harry Potter, choose dark, get the bad spells, but then swing the good, and then <laughs> just be all powerful. Yeah. Avada Kedavra, a few people then be like, nah, this, this ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which horse are you going to pick? If, you, if you're allowed to pick, I actually don't know. I, I think I... you are allowed to pick it. I mean, I don't want to be up here, you know, Gryffindor, mainstream, maybe Ravenclaw, as in Hufflepuff, That's supposed to be picking, the... the, 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 the Dunce house and Rump- romper house there. <laughs> yeah, so Ravenclaw is supposed to be the smart, the smart house or something, and then obviously you have the good and bad houses. Yeah, I feel like if you're a good character, you only really have two choices: like the, the Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff Gryffindor. or Gryffindor. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, do you really Hufflepuff? Might... I don't see it as a valid choice. <laughs> I wonder sure, if, yeah. you can, if you if you can. Oh, let's go. <laughs> like, can you pick, or does like the sorting hat like pick it? Because I'm sure, like you know, when you create your character and all, you know, you always have those like things where you assign your traits and all your starting traits. Yeah, see, maybe, that's what I was maybe, thinking, Yeah, yeah like, I, could I would, be, like I don't know. Maybe it would maybe be good if you got a choice can, like, to do that. If it's like you want, you want the hat to pick, or you want to pick. Because I would, I think I would just let yeah let the hat pick. Uh, I want the hat they pick, but I also want to be like, no, don't pick that one hat. <laughs> not, not Slytherin. Not Slytherin. <laughs> not Slytherin, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically anyone but Hufflepuff I'll probably be happy enough with. Not Hufflepuff. If, 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 if it picks, if it picks and I get put in Slytherin, I'll, pro- I'll make my mind up to be the bad wizard and otherwise I'll be the good wizard. Nah, see, I'm going to go the other way, I think. Go, go on the Slytherin and be a good wizard. Now that you said that, um, yeah. Or go on the or Gryffindor and be a bad wizard. Yeah. <laughs> so after that uh, long tangent on um this week's Harry Potter segment, let's go on to <laughs> <laughs> let's go on to plugs. Uh, Stephen, are you uh, working on anything or doing anything you, at the minute? Nah, not not nothing on on the on the go. I did just buy uh, a Mac, and I am planning to do some more dev, like personal dev. Yeah. So might have some stuff in the upcoming uh, episodes. Have a few app ideas and stuff that nice. we uh, work on. So nice, Jonathan. Or uh, do you have anything you would like to plug? Anything? No, nothing. Nothing particular. Um, started um, back into kind of doing my game development. I'm actually going to try and use um, Unity. So it's like a pre-built game engine, um, rather than you know having to build it yourself, um, like I was doing in C. But I was really just using that day to like, kind of learn C. Um, but I'm hoping they use this, and you can actually for free, you can use it all for free, and you can release an app and as for free, and you can make money off it up to a hundred thousand before you have to like upgrade your subscription to their pro version. Right. Um, so I mean, if my, if my game's making a hundred thousand, you it's know, fair enough, I'll, I'll upgrade. Like, but it's um, a good problem to have. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty. Then, like. <laughs> that's pretty handy. Um, but no, because it's I've kind of learned the how. Uh, I wanted to learn how everything worked internally first, like the game engine. So that's why I was doing the C way first. And now that I understand all that, I may as well, you know, use this now so I can focus more on the game side of things, as opposed to the. You still have to develop your own stuff and all. I think the Unity uses C sharp or C plus plus. Um, it does a C sharp, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably be learning some of that as well. But um, hopefully, I'll have something to actually discuss. I've got a few game ideas as well, so I'm hopefully. 
Nice. Yeah, bring that up in future episodes. Nice one. Yeah, I'm still like writing away at stuff as well. Uh, like, I w- I looked at the listener stats at the Dark Tales, and it's like already more popular than the book version on Wattpad. So I'm like, no, I want to make everything an audiobook because it seems to be <laughs> like a far popular medium. But uh, what's the numbers like on that? It's about it's 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 about the same around the same as our our uh, our episodes for this, apart from the Harry Potter episode, which is you know a, a freak of nature, but it's nowhere near that. But it's a, it's near our like standard episode kind of kind of rate. Um, nice. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy with that because I didn't think many people would find it. Even I thought I was like, how are people even going to search this? But yeah, I'm really happy with that, and I'm working on the third episode still. I like redrafting the one I said that was based on the charity shop, because I had a, I was working on like the way I work it is like I work story A the first draft, and then so that was that one. Then I do story B the first draft, so I was doing a different one, and now I I did that, so I'm back on story A redrafting it. So I'm I'm back, uh, finishing this one, and then I'll record it. So I'm I'm probably not far away from from getting that one out i would say a couple of weeks maybe so yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to doing that one out and everything and uh i think I'm, i think i might start doing soul bonder as well read that out just because like the the listener stats have been so encouraging that i'm kind of wanting to do that but also i'll see if i have enough time as well especially as as these as i'm adding these uh episodes as well but yeah, that's everything that I'm working on. There is no no book recommendation or anything to end this episode. We are still listening to the first Mistborn book. We're still making our way through that. Our next that'll be what our next episode is about. We'll be talking about that. I guess that's that's everything we, we've got to talk about today. I hopefully we have a, a longer list of books to talk about at the end of the year. And yeah, thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. Well, we'll see you next episode. Thank you. Thank you. All see right. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.